Here it is, the Pistons Pod, with your host, Matt Derry. Certainly an exciting start to the season. We are back. Regular season is underway. It's the Pistons Pod, everybody, right here at Pistons.com and wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you can on Apple, Google, Spotify, and again, wherever you get your podcasts. It is Matt Derry, and our guest today is the voice of the Pistons, 47th season with the team. And, of course, you can watch him each and every night on Pistons broadcast on Valley Sports Detroit with Greg Kelser. It is George Blaha. Uh, high glass and down. Count that baby in a foul. Just so many great Blaha-isms. George is back after missing the last 15 games last season With after undergoing open heart surgery. We'll get an update on George's condition, how he's feeling coming up momentarily. Exciting start to the regular season and the home season on Wednesday when the Pistons knocked off the Magic 113-109 at Little Caesars Arena. You want to come out and see this basketball team. They are fun, young, and exciting. And they're back home Wednesday night, October 26th against Atlanta. And another game with the Hawks on Friday night as well. 7 o'clock starts, both of them 7 o'clock start times at Little Caesars Arena. Then Steph Curry and the World Champs, Golden State in town on Sunday night at 6. So get your tickets at Pistons.com. Let's now meet up and chat with the voice of the Pistons. All right, here he is, the voice of the Pistons, 47th season. The man, George Blaha, is with us this week on the Pistons Pod. Uh, GB, what's up, buddy? Hey, Diesel, how are you? Great to hear your voice. Great to have you back. What was uh, what was opening night like for you this year? I thought it was exciting, and I I thought you know the the young team showed not just flashes, but uh, uh, more often than not, they played pretty darn well, and. You know, there, there was improvement from some guys, and uh, Jaden Ivey just tore it up, I thought, for the first game for a young man who's spent just two years in college. Um, and and the place was jumping, so it was, it was uh, all, all things considered, it was exciting. And, you know, you like to win that game, especially when you're heading out on a road trip, so to get the victory was also important. I, I know you don't love talking about yourself, but for you to be back... Uh, after what happened last March and just, uh, uh, you know, what you went through from a, from a health perspective? How, how did it feel just to, to be in the building and, and doing what you what you love to do? Well, it was great, man. Uh, the uh, the Pistons were very, very good about what happened. You know, I, I had this uh, open-heart surgery. I'm sure most people know that, uh, who are Piston fans anyway. And uh, so I missed the last 15 games of the season, uh, recovering from that and you know probably until sometime in June uh, I was I would have been on the shelf anyway because of the surgery so uh, but as this, as the summer uh, went on and it rolled in the fall I, I felt uh, much better than I had in years I didn't realize that I needed that, that kind of a, a boost but anyway the uh, the triple bypass paid off and uh they want you to walk a lot and then walk some more. So I've done that. My dog likes that too. So anyway, um, it was great to be back and and feel like uh, I had all the energy necessary to do the job. You know, you you gotta you gotta be prepared mentally and physically. And I and I think I was able to to be prepared. Take take us back to last March. Did you? I, I know John Beeline was a help in in in, in, in kind of 
steering you in the direction of, hey, maybe you should go talk to somebody, but did you ever have any other kind of uh, ideas that maybe you needed to do this? Well, uh, I had every once in a while uh, walking up some stairs here and there uh, felt a little short of breath, but I thought since I had had a partial knee replacement the summer before, maybe I was just out of shape. But when I was with John uh, walking to church on Ash Wednesday last March the 5th, I believe, um, uh, I really felt uh, difficulty making the making the walk. It was about a mile, and it was mostly uphill. And by the time I got to, I got to church, man, I thought, well, if I'm if I'm going out, I might as well go out in church. <laughs> and anyhow, uh, you you know, it took five ten minutes, and I was all recovered and everything was fine. But at that point. Uh, I called my brother, who's an MD, and uh, he's an orthopedic surgeon, but, you know, MDs are MDs. They kind of know what's going on. And uh, he referred me to his son, who's uh, a uh, cardio expert at Johns Hopkins. He said, yeah, you better get out and get a stress test. And once they did the stress test, they tried to do some stints. That did not work, so they had to open me up and uh, do a triple bypass and you know you're out for six and a half hours the um the anesthetic takes away your appetite and your taste buds changed stuff that you normally uh like you don't like uh like i'm a skim milk guy i couldn't stand it after that for a while i'm back now but anyway um so you, you lose 15 pounds or so and the surgeon told me well you'll get that all back your appetite will come back with a vengeance I thought to myself, that would that would have been very difficult to lose that much weight. Yeah. I'm not going to gain it back, so I haven't. But, but you got to get on the scale every morning to make sure you don't gain it back. But anyway, uh, after that, doing the walking that they wanted me to do and everything to uh, get back into shape, uh, it's worked out very, very well. But I'm lucky because of something uh, there could have been, as they, the medical people say, an episode, translation, some kind of heart attack, uh, had I not gone in to have this surgery. Longtime voice of the Pistons, the legend George Blaha with us, sitting out those games and having to not be at the arena. How, how difficult was that for you? Because, he, like like we talked about, you've been doing this for so long, and you, you just love this basketball team. Well, it's it's, it's very strange. And uh, it, the first couple of games was like almost a shock that I wasn't doing the games and um, I wasn't even there. But after, at some point, you realize, hey, you can't be there, buddy. You just got to shut it down, and whatever will be, will be. Because I'd only missed, I'd missed a bunch of games over the years uh, because of conflicts with Michigan State football. But I, I think I'd only missed three or four because of uh, health reasons. And every one of those was because of laryngitis. In fact, one time, you jumped in and did a heck of a job. Thank you. Many years ago. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and um, that's the first time I heard somebody say "splash" <laughs> for, a, for a three. That's right. So that's, a, that's a great line from Diesel Dairy. Anyway, so I'd only missed a few because of, you can't do a game if you have laryngitis. Everything else, take a bunch of aspirin or whatever you have to do, and you can you can get there and do it. But if you can't speak, you can't do the game. So that happened to me only uh, three or four times. Other than that, I hadn't missed any games because of health. But um, sooner or later, I guess. 
you're going to miss some. And that uh, the open heart surgery shut me down for I think the last 15 of the season. Did you hear? For, was there a note or an email or text or a phone call that you got that stood out as you were, you know, recovering and just uh, everybody was reaching out? You know, I thought uh, Dwayne Casey was very, very nice. Uh, when when he found out I was going to be out for a while because of the surgery, uh, he uh, he said some nice things at his news conference before the game, and then then of course sent me a text, and I heard from uh, you know a lot of guys from the uh, 04 team. Uh, I think almost everybody of significance. And uh, guys were great. <clears throat> and then when Chauncey came to town uh, as head coach of the Blazers, uh, he even uh, made they'd mentioned to me at his news conference, I guess, before the game. And and I got a I got a stack of get well cards that was very very gratifying. I couldn't believe how many cards I got. So the uh, the people that I know uh, definitely reached out, and they were great. And then I got a. Out of the blue, I got a phone call from Nick Saban, and oh, wow. uh, and I got, a, of course, I got a phone call from Tom Izzo, and uh, great to talk to those guys because we've been stayed in touch over the years. People who don't like Nick Saban don't know him. That's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I, he does. He does a lot of winning, George. I was uh, a little surprised even last week when they when they lost when Bama loses. You know, it's it's like a holiday. Exactly. Yeah, he was he was great when he reached out, and uh, we even you know the the subject got to uh, Alabama football sooner or later, and it was fun to talk to him. It was you know when you're when you're kind of stuck like I was in recovery, uh, it's nice to get get on the phone with some people, and you were great. I appreciate you reaching out too, Diesel. Oh, of course, of course. Tell me about you know. You've balanced for years MSU football and the Pistons, and you're back at it now. Uh, this weekend, obviously, MSU is off, so you're getting to be just exclusive with the Pistons. But do you have to do anything different from a health perspective in terms of making making sure you slow down, or how does that work? Well, you know, every year that goes by, you, you try to stay ahead of the game just a little bit more if you can. <clears throat> and... Uh, uh, Matt Shepard's son, Chad, works in uh, uh, the Sports Information Office at Michigan, and I've already reached out to him to get started preparing for the uh, Michigan-Michigan State game, which is uh, a week from Saturday. And uh, and this is the time of the year when everything's coming at you, so you can't waste any time. That's, that's the only thing. It's not like it's impossible, but uh, you don't just pick up some magazine and, and – read something for pleasure. Um, everything I read has to do with the games I'm going to do and everything that I, uh, that I investigate or study has to do with the games I'm going to do. And that, um, that slows down once football is over, but right now it's games on top of games on top of games. But if you feel all right and you enjoy doing it, it works out fine. Tell me about this basketball team. We, we touched on it in the open a little bit about just Jaden Ivey and, and the young guys uh, for opening night, but you're coming back this year to call games for a team that, man, it, there there is a buzz in this town about some of the young kids, isn't there? There sure is. And uh, the things that stood out to me on opening night, let's start with the obvious. Um, uh, Jaden Ivey, uh, 
you know, I knew when I when I saw him play in college because I'm close to his family that he had a ton of talent, and I figured it would translate to the NBA. And Troy Weaver certainly figured that out. And then during the preseason, um, he showed bursts of that. But I thought on opening night, he put a pretty darn good all-around game together, uh, played over 30 minutes, and and did his share of scoring and uh, and assisting and, and defending. So um, I thought he jumped out. Cade Cunningham looks like he's trying to figure out how to play with Jaden Ivey, but if you have 18 points and I believe 10 assists, uh, you already have figured it out anyway. I thought Isaiah Stewart showed a lot of improvement uh, offensively. We know that um, he's just a dog defensively. I mean, he just gets it done. I, and Sadiq Bay, who's, you know, he put 51 on Orlando late last season, uh, he could be one of those guys who demands the ball and has to score. And uh, he was. Uh, he just tried to fit in on opening night. Didn't even get the double digits, I don't think. But Boyan Bogdanovich, I talked to him uh, on this trip already, and I said, you know what, you didn't do anything I haven't seen before, and good for you. I mean, he made so many big shots for the Utah Jazz that uh, coming through in the clutch for the Pistons when they needed him uh, was no big deal. I mean, he put 24 points up, almost like he was just uh, waking up and jumping in the shower. He was, he was so, so coldly efficient. I, I was really impressed with him. And and Jalen Duran, I mean, th- this kid uh, has very little experience, all things considered. Left high school a year early, played only one year at college, and his first uh, official game gets a double double. Uh, He's going to be very good. So I, I find him to be uh, uh, a super exciting young player as well. So you throw all those guys together, and the Pistons, even without Marvin Bagley healthy, look like on most nights they're going to be able to play with most teams. And that's all you can ask at, at this stage of the restoration, as they call it. George, it's interesting. There's always comps made. You know, last year it was like, oh, you can com- compare Cade to Grant Hill or this player to Isaiah, or this guy to Joe, or whatever it is. There, is there a comp for Jalen Duran? This organization has needed that long, athletic big, and, and I'm not sure there is a comp for Jalen Duran from a former Pistons perspective. Maybe Ben Wallace one day, but he's so athletic, isn't he? Yeah, he. Um, you, have, you have to put him in, uh, in a group, and maybe his game doesn't, totally translate to any one of those guys but um you got to put him in the same group with uh uh ben wallace and a little bit of dennis robin because uh the first time my man dick mata the longtime nba coach and nba champ when he coached uh, the washington bullets uh the first time he saw dennis rodman play he was doing a game with me in the preseason it was rookie year and he said George, I'm going to say this, and he said it on the air. He's the best rebounder since Bill Russell, and that is to make that kind of a statement. <laughs> wow! Shows that you know the game and you're not afraid to uh, state your opinion. And it, I think he was right in the end. And so Duran is a is a natural rebounder. 
that's what he is, and he can he'll be able to do a lot of other things. And Ben Wallace, natural rebounder. If he's there, he's probably going to get the rebound. When Worm was there, he's probably going to get the rebound. And uh, it looks like Duran could be that same guy. Dwayne Casey for this team, how do you like that fit? Because obviously when he signed up to be here, and it was pre-Troy Weaver, pre-restoration, it was to win and get to the playoffs, and he did with Blake Griffin and that group. But how do you think he meshes with with what this team is, is going through right now? I got to give him a lot of credit. You know, he he could say, and I think he had after the job he did in Toronto, and he had to build that team. Yeah, uh, and uh, to be unceremoniously dumped by the Raptors was wrong, in my opinion. But uh, the bottom line is, it happens to coaches, and you can never look at a situation and say this was totally fair or totally unfair. But um, for him to come to Detroit thinking he was going to be uh, hooked up with a, a winning group and then have to rebuild, uh, it, it probably tested his patience. But I think he's been great with this team because he is a natural teacher and and he has patience. And so you got to give Dwayne a lot of credit. And when he sees this through and, and this team becomes a, a legitimate contender for the playoffs, and it might be sooner than later, I'll be happy for Dwayne, that's for sure. You mentioned this before, year 47 for you. How much has the game changed? Obviously, the three-point shot, you know, George, you were calling two-on-ones for years, and you knew they were going to end up in dunks dunks, and layups. And But now it's it's pull-up for three. How have you had to adjust as, as a play-by-play guy to that? Well, it's like a three-point shooting contest disguised as a basketball game. <laughs> and uh, so it it's a different game, and... Uh, do I like it as well as the old game? Probably not, but uh, there's an awful lot to like about this game. I mean, these guys can flat out shoot the ball, and uh, it re- the big guys are required to find a way to get out on the court and shoot the ball. And I, I don't think that's what Isaiah Stewart thought was going to happen to him as a basketball player. He's a big, strong, get inside and uh, knock your block off kind of guy. And he had to learn to shoot threes. And the other night, all that practice paid off as he hit the game-winning three. So big guys are are forced to do things that they didn't have to do uh, in years gone by. And yet they still have to bang. Uh, The the good ones do anyway. So in some cases, uh, these guys maybe are better all-around basketball players than the old-school guys. But uh, you wouldn't want to get in a – in a brawl with the old school guys, that's for sure. Uh, when I when I think of the late great Bob Lanier and, and uh, all of his talent and his great touch, he probably would have been just like these guys. He, the way he could shoot the ball, uh, he could have stepped out and knocked down threes without too much trouble. And still, inside, nobody ever wanted to mess with him. We've had. Uh, probably four or five guys that nobody ever wanted to mess with during my uh, 40-plus years with the Pistons. And number one would be Bob Lanier. But if somebody messed with him, one punch would take him down. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, you weren't going to be suspended for life for hit punching a guy during a game in those days. And, you know, Rick Mahorn was another, obviously. And uh, Ben Wallace was another. And Otis Thorpe was another. Nobody messed with Otis either. And... But maybe the toughest guy pound for pound was still number 11, Isaiah Thomas. Uh, he was amazing. 
It's interesting you mentioned, I don't know how many times during the season you may do this, but uh, 44 sits right behind you and uh, doing the radio. I'm assuming there are times you look back at him when they're calling these flagrants like Rick, please, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right, please. Uh, Yeah, Ricky and Bill Lambeer made the other team nervous at all times, I'm sure, because you're on the court with those guys. Uh, you better be ready to get into uh, a pushing match at times and uh, and a fight for position. And I don't mean just uh, figuratively. I mean literally fight for position uh, under the basket. I I think Rick brought a certain uh, persona to the Pistons that they needed and uh, helped them become the bad boys. And I and. I think Bill Lambeer is one of the most underrated players of all time. I, I'm stunned that he's not in the Hall of Fame, and I know he's not going to make the Hall of Fame because half those people don't like him, and he doesn't really care. But <laughs> if you just if you just judge him by uh, what he did on the court and what he did for this team, and and not only that, uh, he didn't get an opportunity to be an NBA coach, but he's a heck of a coach in the WNBA. That tells me something as well. Bill Lambeer is a heck of a basketball player and a heck of a basketball mind. No question about it. Uh, all right, George, so great to catch up with you. Great to have you back and uh, back on the headset. It's uh, always an honor to talk to you and have a great uh, have a great season, my friend. Diesel, you're the best. I appreciate it. I always go on with you. Whatever you say, I'll do. <laughs> Thank you, George. I appreciate that. George Blaha with us. It's the Pistons pod for another week. We'll talk to you again next week right here at Pistons.com.